0: Episode fifty-two of the Backyard Banter Podcast, the John Beeson episode of the show. I remember John Beeson during uh, when he started with the Panthers and what a what a like fun draft pick that was, because it actually, you know, worked out. Um, but anyways, today, uh, happy to be joined by Will Brinson, the lead NFL or senior NFL writer at CBS Sports. Did I get that title correct, Mr. Brinson? You did, yeah. And uh, how can what a uh... How fortuitous! Because I, I look, I now work with
1: John Beeson because he does video for us at CBS, and I grew up. Um, I mean, I was a huge Beeson fan because I was a Panthers fan. You know, I say growing up because the Panthers were, weren't in existence for the first like fifteen years of my life or whatever it was. But I mean, Beeson was Beeson was one of those. I mean, I thought he was going to be him and Patrick Willis. You know, one A right. and one B, and. Because, you know neither neither guy went on to have a twenty year career but but both guys were very good, although I don't think Beeson necessarily ever matched up with Willis in terms of the ceiling
0: no but you know as a as a branded hipster uh in the industry, it was always fun to be. You know when people would a Beason guy versus yeah. Willis, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. People would bring up, "Oh man, Patrick Willis," Bob blah, blah, blah. I'm Like, yeah, but how about John Beeson? Same draft, you know, and like also really good. So that was always fun. But uh, yeah, alas, hopefully this podcast uh, goes a little bit smoother than the end of Beeson's career. Uh, that would be nice for for our listeners here. So, will um, really happy to have you on the show today. And I always kind of start off asking the guests, kind of what made you or when did you sort of you know. Fall in love with sports, with the NFL. When did you kind of get that bug?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a sports fan. And so it, it's interesting. All right, let's see. Um, I'm just trying to think how to. Like, so I was born. No, I wasn't. Gonna, I was born in '81. You know, in my my it's weird. My dad, my parent, my my dad wasn't a huge. Uh, I mean, he's he was a big sports fan. Like he, you know, he had us play sports, and he and I played fantasy baseball. But he was never, you know. We live in North Carolina, and there, there's, it's the NFL was weird in North Carolina growing up because the closest teams um, to where we lived were the Redskins and the and the Falcons, and so you were sort of. Um, you know, unless you want, unless you gravitated towards one of those teams, and I probably did more so to the Falcons and than the Redskins, and most people in North Carolina were Redskins fans. But, um, you know, you were sort of rudderless in terms of having a a, a team, and so until the Panthers came around, I, I've always been a a really really big Braves fan, and a huge fan of baseball. Um, and was a Hornets fan growing up, but then they moved. North Carolina is this just bizarre? Um, when it comes to pro sports, it's sort of a bizarre. A place Because, you know, the Panthers, you know, haven't been around forever. But, you know, of course, the ACC has been here. I've always been a huge college basketball fan um, and Duke fan growing up, which makes me imminently even somehow even more punchable than I already am in real life. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my whole family's from like the Troutman Statesville area of North Carolina. I did not know that. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So yeah. we're and we're a big uh, we're a big UNC family. So you know, well, I mean, I could yeah, care less. I hate
1: I, you. Then I'm gonna hang up now. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen,
0: I could care less because I don't have the emotional ability to connect to connect with any sort of uh, fan base sort of thing. But my dad <laughs> did text me the other nights and the other night and said, you know, son, respect your roots and uh, root for North Carolina tonight. I was like, all right, that's fine. I can
1: You're like sure, Dad, go Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I guess I've just always been a big sports fan and it carried over, you know, through high school. I mean, I never, I, I mean, not like anybody, I guess some people stop being big sports fans. I don't know. I've always been kind of a sports junkie. And then when we got into college, I think that fantasy football, really the advent of fantasy sports it kind of, pr- I mean, probably took, you know, took me to a different level in terms of being a sports fan and. And being obsessed with you know numbers and and minutia about teams and players and stuff like that, um, oddly enough, like I wouldn't uh, you know I, I was an English major in college, but I, I wouldn't say I was very good at school and college. And um, I sort of that's how I kind of ended up getting into this business through being a fa- through being a fan and being passionate about sports, which I think is a is a good way to get into it.
0: Yeah. I would say, I feel like I said that just a few episodes ago to Jordan Rodriguez when we had her on, like, it'd be weird if you were, uh, you know, covering sports and you didn't like sports. That would be an interesting, del- uh, that would be
1: I think it would be terrible. Right. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, if, would you want to, I don't know if you're a, I'm not, a, I hate politics and I I can't hmm. stand, i like, I mean, I'm, I can talk about them, I guess, but I don't, I don't care for them in, in the slightest. And I, and, um, that's probably to my detriment as a, as, as an adult human. Um, <laughs> you know, not, not caring about the future of, of, you know, whatever. Like I'm too worried, too busy worried about the NFL draft, but I I mean, I don't, I can't imagine having to cover politics for a living. It seems like it would be so, so awful. And I, I just think about somebody who isn't a big sports fan. I can't imagine doing this if you're not a big sports fan. And Jordan, by the way, is, is killing it. Speaking of Carolina.
0: Yes, she is. She's she's great. Her episode, if you haven't listened to it, if you're listening to this episode, episode forty nine was just a few ago, and she was great. Um, and I reciprocal podcast relationship as it always is. Uh, I jumped on hers as well. That's too, right. So.
1: You were talking about wide receivers on hers too. I'm 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 behind on podcasts. I I, I started. I was um, down in Augusta this week, so I started kind of catching up, but I haven't. I'm. I like. I haven't been exercising a lot lately. That's usually where I do my podcasting. So I'm. I'm <laughs> oh, you like... can.
0: Can you listen to podcasts when you work out? Because I. I mean, I work out pretty diligently. Uh, as my as my co host on the Fantasy Hipsters podcast is one to tease me about. Uh, yeah, we get it, bro. You work out, but like Zach uh, Gilhar. No, no, no. That's that's franchise. Gelhar, uh, uh, Gelhard like, knows. Right, 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 right. Okay, Gelhard yeah. just takes the tactic of just ignoring me and right. uh, like hoping. But you live
1: with Gelhar, right? He's probably like in the vicinity of the show right now. Well,
0: right it? now he's actually. He's, I think he gets. I think he gets back from England today. It would be nice if I knew that, but I forgot. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but my point is, like, I can never listen to podcasts when I work out because I like need. The music, and you know, sometimes I'll take too long in between reps or whatever. But, but, anyways, I always just find that fascinating. But, you know, something, something that you kind of, uh, that you pointed out there is, is interesting in, like, in terms of, um, you know, losing passion as a sports fan. Do you still find yourself, like, being as much of a fan as you are a writer these days?
1: I, yeah, no, I mean, I, I do, but in a very different way. I don't care about, I, I will say that when the Panthers got to the Super Bowl and, when I got to go on the field for the NFC, you know, walked on the field after they won the NFC championship game and then through that Super Bowl run, um, I think that that changed a little bit. And I mean, not going to change, like I, I guess I've been always, uh, I, I feel like I'm more objective towards, especially with the NFL, I'm more objective towards who I picked. I'm not objective. To, I'm not like, oh, I don't care about who wins or who loses. I care a great deal. But it's, it's more about what's good for me. Than it is maybe about like what's good for you know the Panthers a team you know the team that I grew up rooting for uh, although I felt I felt like it was kind of a throwback you know like I it was more it was it was more emotional when they were in the Super Bowl and the the possibility of them winning their first one but I do think when you're when you're there in the moment and you're covering it too you sort of you know all that goes away because you you just got a job to do so you you know you know you don't you don't worry about it quite as much. Um, I, but like I'm a big NC State fan, and that hasn't changed at all. I, I went to school there, and and uh, root for their below average football and basketball teams, and that has never that has never waned. I mean, like I you know maybe I get a little disillusioned because they're not good, but I think if I you know I think if they were winning national titles and, and ripping through Gonzaga for a rede- for a redemption tour, I would probably be pretty thrilled. Of, you know, I'd be pretty thrilled about it.
0: Yeah, I compare the Panthers uh, 2015 season because I've I've written about this on on my site, Backyard Banter. Uh, Like I wrote about kind of my journey as a fan and how essentially like because obviously I I grew up rooting for the Panthers too. And like um, now at this point, I I say I always say I'm in a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers is is how I put it. Um, I know at some point we were you know we were in love but uh now it's it's not so much that way but like the 2015 season basically like that was you know we were drunk late at night and like i i texted we were like texting a little bit like hey you should get back yeah like hey panthers you up you've been looking good lately but then you know january or february rolls around and then they do something there's like oh yeah that's right that's why that's why we that's why we broke up that's right i i remember this now so that's how i kind of compare that situation no that's
1: that's perfect do you think that do you think that fantasy and obviously, you're. I mean, I, look, I'm. A, i play in like 15 fantasy leagues a year in football, and like five in baseball, and a couple in basketball. I mean, it's you know, it's a chunk of my time. Do you think that? Do you buy into the idea that that sort of investment in different players, either over the course of their career for one season, has is sort of made it easier to be objective slash dispassionate about a particular team?
0: Well, I think you might like fantasy football more than I do, despite that's like my primary job. But anyways, uh, maybe maybe you hate it because it's your job. I mean, I think that's I think I think the, the
1: getting worn out on something like that is, you know, is real when it's your yeah. job, you know. You, oh, people sure. people go to stuff all the time that they're passionate about, and then they get sick of it. I don't think football is any different or, or sports.
0: No, it's definitely not. I mean, especially like like you said with fantasy, you know, by week fifty, honestly by week ten, you're like, I could care less about you know picking whatever sleeper that you know I'd have. If i'm especially if you're not like passionate, especially as a creator, like I have to be kind of passionate about what I'm doing and picking yeah my doing rankings week 12 i could care less but yeah that stinks to your point about uh about like fantasy and how it changes who you root for I, I find so much more that like i root for the players that i like like the guys that i want to be good i don't even like care if they are necessarily productive in fantasy but like i want to see guys like Allen robinson john brown sterling shepard malcolm mitchell these guys that i've followed for a long long time i want to see them be successful like that's where I ride that emotional roller coaster much more than like okay my team won or lost so yeah I would agree with that point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think I'm the same way though in terms of just both players and who I'm picking and you know like if I pick um, uh, I'm not gonna pick Philip Rivers because that's a bad example because I always root for him anyway because he's a state guy but uh, or yeah just, but if I'm trying to think of let's say I pick uh, who would be a sleeper MVP candidate next year I was gonna Your say boy Tony Mike Brown. Glennon. Yeah, well that's that's a bad example too. Like I'm I'm riding for Mike Glenn anyway. I like Mike Glenn though. I'm just thinking of like a you know if there's somebody out there who I right, let's say let's say I think Carson Palmer can be can bounce back next year and be a sleeper MVP candidate and I pick him to win the MVP, well I would have ride for Carson Palmer next year. You know like he like I'm going to be rooting for him throughout the season and in the same way is true with like younger guys like draft guys that you sort of discover. Like I really like Zay Jones out of ECU. So I'll I'll be rooting for him when he comes into the league, even though I have zero allegiance to ECU. You know, I don't have any allegiance to whatever team he lands with, most likely. But still, because of the fact that, you know, you like a guy when he comes in, like like you were always, you were one of the the guys early on, Allen Robinson. So that's that makes it easier to root for him, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is by far the thing that i feel you know most passionate about is again you pick a player that you're like yeah this is i, I think this guy's better than you know what he's been giving credit for or what have you and you kind of just you you vibe with them from from then on and, and root with them through the ups and the downs and that is something like I, i've only been doing this per, you know quote unquote professionally uh because uh i still can't <laughs> believe this is an actual profession uh like well, we've been doing this for you know less than two years now as a full time job, but I've already seen the ups and the downs of rooting for a player like that. You know when they have the the big season that everybody is is like, oh, you're the best, like what a call, and then after that they hate you. You know when he, when the no players, it flips yeah, yeah it flips
1: on it flips on the diamond. I I think I think it really is. I think that is indicative more than anything of what it's like the difference in working in a, in a sport, and I don't think it's because we're you know, these super journo types who can, you know, wash away our fandom and just blindly carry on. I think it's your, I think it when you're so immersed in a sport and it's like that with football, cause you deal with it 24 um, seven, you know, let's say like 280, you know, days a year, maybe probably, probably 320 days a year. When you're so immersed like that, it's just, it's just, I think you, it's not like I stopped rooting for stuff. I just root a different way now than I used to maybe.
0: Yeah, and actually that kind of leads me to a little bit of a question here. Like, do you think fans of the game or our followers or our readers or whatever, do you think they care as much anymore if we are, like, openly rooting for something? Because I I would give the example of, like, I know you were actually just recently on their podcast, the Around the NFL guys that I work for. Yeah. And pretty much, well, three out of the four of them have, like, a team that they openly root for. And I don't see it as, like, a negative thing. Same with, like, Dave Damashek who I work for. Like, he's... (laughs) most blind steel work with or people. work for do you work for david sheck i meant to say work with did i say okay i was for? like you don't Ugh. if sheck is your boss then i am you're, i need uh, no. to i'm gonna edit that out <laughs> <laughs> you're fine no no no
1: i, like, <laughs> I mean i, I want I, I think you should leave it in and yeah yeah sp- see if sheck gets a hold of that audio well, and puts I, owe, it on the...
0: I owe him a huge debt of gratitude because he was the one who came up with the fantasy hipsters thing so i yeah I guess, sure i guess in some you guys way, get tv time yeah no believe me i'm still as shocked as anybody else out there but you
1: get you get like you guys get to grow your beards out longer and you don't have one now i guess but you get to grow your beards out longer as part of the 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 bit i mean that's what a steal that
0: is i'm in a real tough place here will with the beard because like he said i i have shaved it uh it's at a firm like shadow right now um and i i know i have i probably should grow it back for the for the bit but I, I'm I'm liking seeing my jaw, but anyways, that's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother subject there. But kind of to my, to my original question, like, do you think people that follow our work, like, do they really care if we're openly rooting for something?
1: No, I don't think so. Not at all. And in fact, um, you know, it is, it's just changed so much with the way that, uh, the way that the news is delivered and this works across from, you know, say like, SB Nation and their 5 million team blogs across every single different sport to, you know, if I mean, Fan cited was created similar to that. Um very similar, you know, I, I, I'm sure that at NFL.com, you know, at CBS Sports, we do stuff where, you know, we're firing out alerts to specific teams. You know, 247 Sports has all these different team-specific sites. You know, fans are so much more educated in 2017 than they were, you know, five years ago, definitely 10 years ago, definitely 15 or 20 years ago, that they want to go out there and get they want to get information and news and analysis from someone who is close to and understands the team. And I think that matters a lot. I mean, like and nobody understands or analyzes the team better in a f in a fan friendly way than someone who's a honk for the team. And that doesn't mean that, you know, like it's not like everything that Dan Hanses says about the Jets is nice by any stretch of the imagination, you know, or that or that, you know, I mean, like, like I mean, just to look at the around the NFL guys. I mean, like, you know, Sessler probably looks at the Browns a little more rosy than most people do. But, you know, he's he's at least personally invested in the Browns and he understands the roster and he he understands what fans are going through. You know, like I'm out here making Browns jokes on Twitter like some. A hole, you know, just like you know, using using the Browns to get a cheap laugh, and then you got you know somebody like Sessler who actually cares about the Browns. Well, who do you think Browns fans like more?
0: Right. Yeah, I think, and also I would say you mentioned you know Twitter and and social media and all that. I would also say that fans kind of like to see that human side of 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 the analyst you know it's because we can connect with readers so much better now than we probably could have three four or five years ago even um, and i think people just get a kick out of that
1: yeah and and too like the idea so you know we t- let's connect the first two subjects here if you got into sports you were probably a sports fan you know if you got into the newspaper game back in the 70s or 80s or 90s, you know, whatever it was, you probably got in because you were a sports fan. You didn't get in it for the glamorous life of following an NFL team around and getting paid, you know, <laughs> whatever you're getting paid. I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, this is, I you mean, know, it's it's a, there's probably more money in it now, but I mean, you know, like if you're, you're, you don't get into journalism to get rich. right? I mean, that's, you know, if you did, then you're an idiot uh, <laughs> and you're definitely not getting rich as a result of it. But I, I think that, I think that, so if you got into it in the first place, you probably did so because you were a fan of sports or a fan of reading about sports. So it's disingenuous for me, for anyone to say that, Oh, they don't root for certain teams. Like you always did at one point in time, everybody did. And if you didn't, then you're definitely doing something, that, you know, other. So I, I think anyone who says that they are not a fan or were not a fan or can't ever be a fan because they're a journalist is, is lying to themselves about where they came from. Cause look, even if, So I have no idea if Rich Eisen has a favorite NFL team, right? But I know he's a Michigan fan, you know, and um, like uh, Jonathan Jones who used to cover the Panthers is not, you know, I have no idea if he was a Panthers fan growing up, but I know he's a Carolina fan, you know? And so there's, there's always that passion for some sort of team. It's, you know, you can go out and do your job and be responsible and be an adult and be a journalist Um, And still remain a fan. I mean, that's part of the whole business. You know, if if you can't if you can't write about, uh, you know, like if Dan Hanses can't write about the Patriots without, you know, being objective about it as a Jets fan, then I mean, he's probably in the wrong business or, you know, and you you can tell he can definitely do that. Same. You flip it with Rosenthal about the Jets. If was a Patriots fan.
0: Right. Now, I think it's just human nature, honestly, to cling on to something and to root for something. Um, You're a
1: liar if you say you're not a fan. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a good that's a good uh bow to pin on it right there. Yeah. You're a liar. <laughs> um, so will kind of getting back to, to you a little bit. We talked about this, this, you know, love of sports and, and how that might help transition, uh, somebody to covering it, uh, specifically what kind of gave you the, the, uh, impetus to try to get into the business?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think my, um, my path is a pretty unusual one in that I, again, I think I said this, I was not good at school, right? So I'm, Uh, I I didn't, it didn't do great at NC State uh, from a grade perspective. And so I decided to uh, switch schools and I went to UNC Greensboro, which is a little, uh, a little smaller school, good journalism program. Um, And I was living at home and I was going to school, paying for school myself, working for my dad's law firm as a, as like a paralegal to pay for school. And this is in the the halcyon days of, uh, of, of blogging when before, you know, before anything really got big. Right. And, um, there's this, this site called, uh, the talented, And now people will know the talented Mr. Roto as Matthew Berry, who's now the, the senior fantasy analyst at ESPN. I think that's his title, but, uh, Matt Berry was, or Matthew Berry started the site. I ended up like at work, you know, looking up, you know, being obsessed about fantasy baseball and fantasy football, ending up on the message boards, writing on there and parlayed that into a, like a, a, a column or a couple stories, player news stuff for, for that, for, the, for, for Matthew's site. And this is before the, this is, you know, this is like pre Deadspin or right around when Deadspin came around and blogs were launching. I mean, there was not a, not a whole lot out there on the internet and ended up writing for the site he went to ESPN. Some people for his site went to ESPN. Some went to AOL. I was with the group that went to AOL. Uh, Jamie Mottram hired me there to do some fantasy football and just kind of hustled and and wrote about fantasy football and and then started writing about the NBA, started writing about the NFL. You know, you kind of had to move up rungs and uh, just got my greedy little mitts on any, on any story I could possibly write and generated some page views. And, uh, you know, I always said to, I always said that As long as I was in this business, I was going to write like I talked or write like I thought, and I guess it's done okay. But I mean, it uh, in you know luck, you know some lucky breaks along the way. Fan houses end up closing down, and and Eric K, my one of my bosses at CBS, had a job opening and got a recommendation in there, and and like seven or eight years ago, landed there, and so so, I mean, I I feel like even though I never had a beat, I sort of grinded my way uh, through through whatever like an internet beat if you will and that's sort of how i got there but it it i mean like i literally start, was writing on you know fan, like a fantasy message board when i got when i got started and it it was just something i got passionate about and finished school while i was doing it and and it's turned into a full time job
0: yeah, it's, it's a f- fascinating story, uh, like so many of these ones. You said, like, my path might not be a usual one. If there's one thing I've learned from doing this podcast, that there is not really a usual path. Everybody right. everybody is so different and unique. Um, one thing that you kind of mentioned a little bit a few times, that you weren't, like, a good student uh, or anything like that. I I see, I, I, I don't know, I have not always been a good student either, because I didn't always have a good work ethic. But I would definitely consider myself a natural writer like if I wasn't writing about football I'd be writing about something yeah. else uh so you would do you kind of feel like you're a little bit different in that regard and has that ever been like a challenge when really most of what we do is writing
1: no no I think it's not at all and it's not I don't, and I don't mean like I'm a really good writer because just like anybody who's ever written anything I'll go back and read stuff I wrote five years ago and you're like good oh, yeah. oh yeah what was I like what a what a loser um but, I do think that I am naturally loquacious, and i will i am i, I think that I think that my best uh, ability as a writer is that I can and I, and I don't, I don't I'm not, this is not a brag. I just think that this just happens for some reason. I can pretty quickly form an opinion about something and gather information and turn it into uh, written words. and I, I mean I, I th- in other words i just I can just work fast off of and that that's been very much to my advantage in terms of how the news cycle in 2017 or 20 or 2007 works is that, you know, if you could take something that happened and spin it into a story with, um, you know, I mean, with some opinion and a little bit, a little bit of mirth and, and some, you know, and, and, and understand what's going on, then, you know, you, you, I think you have an advantage because of the, the speed at which, you know, journalism kind of changed, but yeah, I mean, to, to to your to your question, yeah, I think I think that I think I'm a natural writer. I think I've had to work hard to get better at it, but uh, generally speaking, I've been able to spit out a bunch of words um, on the on the digital paper pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, no question, and that also kind of leaves you another thing I wanted to ask you. Like, do you feel like you have a different voice than other writers because you know and and i say voice in like air quotes you know the written word or through twitter because i I mean i've followed you for years and years uh and i've always found you to be like a little bit different than like the traditional you know sports writer or whatever i don't know if i can put a finger on what i mean by that but i
1: think i'm i think i'm really yeah i think i'm really sarcastic i I mean like i i I really don't um i mean i like I, i i i I just, I, I don't say anything. I don't tweet or write anything that I wouldn't say out loud. Mm. Does that make sense? And um, so I think, I think that a lot, I think that a lot of times people will couch stuff differently when they start trying to put it on paper. And I think, again, I think it's helped me because it's, you just, you just say it out. You just say, say what's in your brain, write down what's in your brain. <laughs> Sometimes that can, you know, you gotta be careful because it can get you fired. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, I think I think that anybody who started writing, about the same professionally, about the same time that I did, probably has a bit more. Um, vo- again, voice is a bad. You know, I'm doing air quotes too. But I think I think there's a little bit more, a little bit less seriousness to what's being said. And you can look around. All these people at FanHouse, they they all work today. A lot of them work at CBS, But um, you know, we had guys like uh, Tom Fernelli. Uh, Matt Snyder was there. Jay e. Skeets, uh, you know, the the Mottrams were there. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Wilson at CBS was there. Uh, MDS was there. Steph Stradley. There's a the, uh, Matt Ufford was there. Spencer Hall. I mean, there's all these people, and i maybe people are better writers than me, but there are all these people that that sort of, uh, Eamon Brennan, for, who works at ESPN. All these people came through and and sort of had this different attitude about sports writing that I think came from being anti establishment and it was encouraged to sort of write in a, in a different voice in a different manner. And I think that most of us who do that have allowed that to sort of stick around.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's definitely true. And, and just what constitutes as sports writing now uh, is way different than what constituted sports writing three years ago or, and certainly 10 years ago.
1: Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, when we, I mean, I remember, okay. So at one point in time I was a senior NFL blogger just because we, for like lack of a better title, it was like a, there's a, it's a long story, but there was like a promotion built in of sorts. But I mean, it wasn't, it was just a weird title to have on your business. card. You're like, so right. I'm a senior, I'm a senior blogger. Like I've been blogging that long. Um, <laughs> I mean I, I went on a radio hit one time they are like oh look like, they're talking about my title and I mean I was like dude look I don't I mean, like I don't I don't care what you think like I'm I'm doing what I love I mean like this is this is fun for me nobody is any like anybody who's a blogger or a writer it's it's all the same now and I think that everybody's kind of come to understand that I always think that bloggers have like, you know, you see some, some people like go in there. Oh yeah, I'm a blogger. Like that's what I do. I mean, it, it, it I, to me, it's just a digital journalist and that's what it always was. But there was this weird sort of standoff, you know, in the last 10 years that the sort of bri- sort of void that I think has been, has been bridged by just time and just, you know, people putting in, you know, quality work and, and producing quality, you know, producing quality content.
0: Yeah, you know, I think writer carries more like definitely a, a cachet. Like, a, I'm writing things as opposed to like, right. yeah, I'm blogging. You know, I don't know. I don't like. I guess. I- oh, way
1: more cachet. Yeah, like I say. I mean, but I mean, I feel like an I, I feel like an idiot when I'm like I have a senior NFL writer and they're. Like, it's like yeah, yeah, no, I know, I, I, I don't know why I have that title either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are, we're, like I said, we're all kind of looking over our shoulders, like when is somebody gonna t- kind of tap you on the shoulder and be like, "All right, get back to real life." Get now. Jigs up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you've gamed the system long enough. It's time yeah. to start contributing uh, to society. Well, like
1: how, but how long is doing this for a long time? I mean, I guess I've been doing it for a while. I mean, I've, I've been. a... Well, I was I think I've been say, doing it seven or eight years. So I guess you
0: said you've been at CBS, what, eight years now? I would, you said? Yeah.
1: It's I've done, I've done, I, I judge it by Super Bowls, which I guess is the one. I mean, like I've done seven Super Bowls at CBS. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I feel like that's an awfully long time to be doing it and especially be doing it at one place. That is an
1: awfully long time to work at any one job. That means it's, it's definitely the longest I've worked anywhere. I, love, I mean, I love, I love my job. I mean, I think it's, it's an awesome job. It's, so you're right. So maybe I shouldn't care. Maybe I shouldn't be so conci- conscious about the, or conscientious yeah maybe i shouldn't be so concerned about the senior in front of my title and just embrace it
0: yeah no maybe i'm old i'm old i've got a a three-year-old kid (laughs) oh man well i i don't think that means you're old necessarily that's not what uh that's not what we're trying to apply here but so you kind of i mean just speaking of being at at cbs a long time like you've gotten the opportunity to do you know more than just writing like i've seen you do some video work some stuff like some things like that you know camera this that and the other like what was that transition uh like and is that something you ever saw yourself doing
1: no yeah god no I never I never thought I'd ever do any video I mean I didn't I didn't come into I didn't start start this thing and I'd do video um I remember the first we were in Dallas at us at the Super Bowl for the Packers uh Packers Steelers Super Bowl that was the first one I ever did and they had um I'd like they had me sit in a they, they just they just needed some help so they had me sit down and do some stuff and you just sort of I mean, I, I wish I'd gone through the traditional like method to get there because I think I'd probably be more polished. It's, yeah, I think it just takes a lot of you just got to you need a lot of reps and you need a lot of, of work on it. Ryan Wilson, I've been doing a podcast for like ten or twelve years now. We've been doing it for Fan House forever, and um, in various you know iterations. I don't that to me is not a is not as difficult, but um, yeah, I, I don't think I ever went into it thinking I would do. I'd be doing video work, uh, you know, but it's just sort of one of those things where, you know, if, if you're being, I mean, if we're being honest about it, if, you know, if you're getting into, if you're getting into the sports media world, you better be willing to do some video because A, that's where it's going Mm -hmm. from the perspective of what companies are going to want and what companies need. Um, B, because if you have, uh, you know, I got a, a boss uses the phrase clubs in your bag it's true like if you have multiple clubs in your bag and you can podcast and you can video and you can write it makes you a little bit more indispensable or a little bit more valuable at least and um and and then you know see that's where the money is right there's more money in video than there is in just writing
0: yeah i mean all that can can confirm all that for sure although i've still waiting to the, see that tv money
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't get that tv money either I, yeah i'd like to get that yeah you that need would, you need to get on nice. the around the nfl podcast get that tv money
0: Oh yeah, right. I bet. Um, yeah, that's the, one, that's the goal, check the right?
1: We call it the Sheck money.
0: Oh, the Sheck money would be nice. I'd like the Sheck employment plan too, when you can, you can walk into the newsroom and just, that's like half your day is disrupting other people's work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny. He's the type of person that will, he just comes up to your desk and it's like, just take the headphones off and like, it'll be over in 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> whatever.
1: I, I just did this League of Leagues draft with Sheck. Uh, the Sheck and Jonah oh, yeah. Gary. Have you, have you heard about that? You he actually of...
0: tried to r- rope me into that. It uh, just didn't end up working out timing wise this year. And also, I was like, dude, I don't know anything about baseball or basketball. Like, I'd be yeah. completely worthless. I
1: got a buddy of mine who lives in Raleigh to, I've known since college to, to do the league with me. And we couldn't, our wives were not feeling the, the Vegas trip for the draft. So we drafted from my office where I'm sitting right now and we started. The you know, draft started at like one p m eastern we made it through like I don't know like an hour and a half, We're like all right, yeah, it's pretty good, got some tunes going. we got the dra- you know we got the, the big board on the t v We're like, all right, you know it's probably we probably we've worked hard enough. we probably earned a nice uh, we just get a little session beer, yeah, so you it know, started to start cracking. We drink like one session beer. they're like, you know what I can really use a regular i p a then all of a sudden it's it's like ten o'clock, and I'm pounding the table for like telling him we got a draft Malik Smith, who's this like third, like fifth outfielder for I don't even know what t- it, like maybe the the Tampa Bay Rays. It it, the, it was so absurd that you you didn't really you, like I you had a hangover just from the draft.
0: Yeah, that's fat. No, it's fat. It always sounded really fascinating, just this whole concept of it, and I, it couldn't be from you know. The like the people who have put it together the people that are in the league i'm like oh yeah that makes sense it's all you guys are in something that's the quite uh inundated with madness like this um something you pointed out like i said can confirm for all of the you know the clubs in the in the in the bag or whatever and i would always say like if I, you should never play like a drinking game around the NFL Network for the words multi platform, uh, <laughs> you know. All right, well, great, you've got an article now. How can we incorporate that with TV? Well, how can we incorporate that with a podcast? You know, like oh my god, it's like so. Pretend you're you're speaking to yourself, you know, at the beginning of kind of your career, or you know, me three years ago who never thought any of this would really happen. Like somebody that's like, I I'm a writer and I just want to write. Like you mentioned, how do you become how do you become better at uh, at doing more than just one sort of uh, one sort of the the sphere here?
1: You know, yeah, I mean that's, I I think you have to. I mean, I think it depends on your. First of all, your I think it's all reps. It really is, you know. And I, you know, you do these these if you're doing enough radio spots and you're doing enough podcast. I almost think if you're if you're writing somewhere and you're trying to you're trying to get a get your name out there the podcast is so difficult because there's no like i mean like what like what's your roi on on a i mean like, like i think i think your podcast is awesome i'm just you know what I'm saying like what is your what is the return on the investment like the, when you do a podcast there's no direct re- like you don't oh, feel yeah. the direct return you know what I
0: mean like, yeah, when you, you have to measure it in in pretty much like listener responses which yeah. is which is you know that doesn't pay the bills or whatever um, right and
1: and and sometimes it, it, it we're very impatient in general in society and it's yes. gotten worse as social media has come along like that's why people are addicted to Twitter because you can throw something out there and you're going to get immediate responses like immediately people are going to and and so we as egomaniacal egoman you know egomaniacs feed off of this right yes. like you feed off this response and so and so i think it's difficult to fire up a podcast and and kind of have to play the long game but i think it's just something where if you get the reps and you get used to planning a podcast and you get used to 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 talking on that not only is it going to make you better in terms of how it builds out your um, you know, how it builds out your, your resume for what you can do, but it's also going to make you better in terms of how you approach like a, you, you have X amount of time. Here's what you have to say. You have to get that, you know, if you get it in there, I, I'm still bad about it. I'll talk through, I'll talk to a producer in my ears telling me to shut up. And, but I think, I think video and audio just comes down to the reps. It's just like the writing. You just have to, you just have to hammer out the reps. And if you do that, Then you'll get better at it. You know they they always say like, "Oh, how do I be a better writer?" Well, you need to read and you need to write, Mm. and that's just that's just what you have to do. And I think it applies directly to to video. You need to study, watch watch the tape. You know, watch watch what watch what guys who are good on good on good on camera do, and and try to not emulate it, but you know, use those practices to get better, just like you would in writing.
0: Yeah, the podcast game especially is is fascinating right now because honestly, like it's. It's almost oversaturated at this point, like there's too yeah. many, there's too many podcasts, and I say this as a guy who just started a new podcast this off season, but it's like you know but but you have to almost like you said measure it in an internal piece of growth, like I am much better as an interviewer now, like this is going pretty well last last half hour this is good this is going well no
1: you're you're no like you're clearly a prepared interviewer who has questions together and it, well, yeah, there's a nice, we got a nice report going, but I mean, I've, it's, I've written
0: nothing down. Let's just, right. But, but, but
1: you're 52 episodes in, I exactly. bet on your first one, you had like, you had, all right, I'm going to do this and this, and you just get better at it. It becomes more natural, just like writing and just like video. I mean, it's just, I mean, practice makes perfect is not a popular saying by accident.
0: Right. I mean, it's, some things are cliche because they, uh, they make sense. And I think that, yeah, practice makes perfect is one of those. And, you know, just in general, yeah, I I went back and like, listened to some of the older backyard banter podcasts and it's like, Oh geez, that was, you know, that was rough. But also something about it is just trusting yourself. Um, and being like, listen, just, just go into it and and you'll figure it out. You know, just kind of, again, after a while you grow that faith in yourself, but that also kind of leads to an interesting thought uh do you think like some people have it and some people don't that's a really open-ended <laughs> question uh but what's your reaction to that
1: it's like uh nc State's ad debbie al likes to say he's got the stuff it's like, what the hell lay stuff like what is what is the stuff the, like, it, the it, mean, it factor yeah yeah i think so i mean yeah i think i, like, I don't think it's any different than than the nfl or, or baseball i mean like some people are going to be inherently more um, naturally talented at certain things and some people are going to be better because they work hard, right? Like you, like in, like in every sport you have guys who have a ton of talent and coast on that talent a little bit. And you got guys who are, you know, maybe have a little bit less talent, but are gr- just absolute grinders. And that, you know, I think, I think, it, I think that applies across life in general. And so certainly it applies in sports media. Um, You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm a, a grinder, but I don't think I'm a, a. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. You know, what I mean, like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that anybody who. I, I th- but I think there are absolutely people who have it. Yes, to answer your question.
0: Yeah, I think it just is. One thing that this show constantly preaches is that there's just no one way to the mountaintop. Like some people, some people are grinders. Some people aren't. Some people are naturally talented. Some people aren't. But you can, you know, you can somehow manage to get to uh, get so to like, where you want to go. So,
1: like, if you want to look at a guy, I th- I think at, and I'm just gonna I keep making NFL Network or NFL.com references, but I think Daniel Jeremiah is a is a perfect combination of a guy who not only has it. But also works so incredibly hard yeah. that the finished product you see is this guy who knows everything he possibly might need to talk about, knows every prospect out there, I mean, and and, and just comes across naturally, and 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 it just co- just comes across naturally on television. So I think I think that's a guy. Look, I mean, you know, guys in the NFL have it, yeah, and still, you know, Peyton Manning has it, and he still you know worked harder than anybody else. Tom Brady has natural talent and he still works harder than anybody else. And and so I think, I think that that applies and you have plenty of dudes who have, have natural talent and then don't work hard and it doesn't work out or, or guys who, you know, I mean, it, it, I think, I think it's, I think it's just a very close proximity to, to sports as it is in real life.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that is a very good point, a, w- a good way to kind of uh, to put a, put a ribbon on that conversation as, as well too. So, well, kind of winding down here towards the towards the end of our our time. Um, obviously, like you're you're you said you have a three year old kid, uh, family man, but like that has not been the entire span of your you know time at CBS or time doing sports. Um, what's and c- please tell me because I have no experience in this regard as a twenty five year old single guy. Um, I hate you. Yes, sorry, humble brag. Um, this is my podcast. I'm still after, drinking after yeah, there you go. Then then look, you're still living right. Um but what is it like to kind of have to juggle both of those? Is it is it difficult? Is it I mean, I'm sure it's not easy, but what uh, what is the juggling act like?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's hard. I mean, it, you know, I I when I started CBS, I was actually we, my wife and I were definitely dating because we were at um I got the job offer when I was at her parents' we down at the beach with their parents in like July of 2010 or something like that. I think that was it. Yeah. July of 2010. Um, so I mean, I've always, I've never not been, I, I you know, I've, I've definitely not been married, but I've basically been in a relationship. Um, it is, you know, it, it, it's, so that always made it a little bit easier. I think being, you know, you start the relationship in while well, you're in the business. Like, I'm always amazed at people who either, Quit what they're doing to go to a startup after marriage or just totally change occupations. I cannot imagine being married for like five years and then one day saying, I'm going to be a sports writer. Yeah. Because your wife would kill you. I mean, it it is difficult, you know, on, and there, and there are times where it's, it's tough, um, you know, like, She's like, well, there's a birthday party at the bowling alley with all your friends on Sunday. Do you want to go? I mean, yeah, I'd love to go. That sounds great. Drinking beer at the bowling alley on Sunday. I can't. I mean, you know, I can't go anywhere. I have to sit here and 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 watch football, which is not a it's not it's not a very easy. I, th- I think that's part of the tough part. My wife is really she, my wife. This actually helps. My wife hates football. Um.
0: Oh, that is so that's so I'm going to just butt in here real quick. Oh, ahead, that's yeah. so great because yes. I always like I've been at some points in my life i have dated before uh and like i've dated girls that have no interest in football and i always tell them like because they're like well wouldn't you prefer that i'm interested i'm like no i'd prefer you're not because listen that's what i do all day and i'd like to you know not do that like all like i'd rather you know it's it's almost more refreshing to to have somebody that's like that
1: yeah no and i the girl i dated um i dated my wife in college we broke up for six years and we got back together but the girl i dated before we got back together um was like light coming over on Sundays and hanging out and watching football. It's like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know about this, you know? And and so like my wife doesn't want football on TV. She's annoyed by the football. She's annoyed that it it causes me to have to do stuff. Um, but she understands, you know, she's totally understanding and she's incredibly supportive. And if I need to, if I need to travel, you know, um, she's cool with it. It, It's been a lot, it's a lot tougher with a little kid. And I, I mean, I don't think that, you know, it's, I think, I mean, it is way, way easier when you don't have, when you're just married or you're just, you know, dating or just engaged. I mean, the the kid factor is, is real. And, you know, when you, you know, you don't want to not be able to spend a Sunday with your kids. So you just kind of have to figure out how to, you just have to, it's it's just, you have to figure out a balance. And what ends up happening is the stuff you do for fun uh, now, like at, at your age will, it wouldn't change. It just morphs. I played a lot of golf in my in my late twenties and and early thirties um you know like, i mean I, I i try to play like twice a week if i could you know but probably play once a week because Saturdays are free in the spring and um now i probably, i might play once a month i mean maybe maybe like once every three months and it just that's just one of those things i'd love to play i'd love to play more if i could but it just doesn't you know it's just one of those things that you kind of it's a it's a trade off that you have to deal with because you you know you got your kid and i mean you, you wouldn't trade it, obviously wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's, uh, it is, it is, it is, it is very different. I just think you have to, you have to kind of approach it understanding that there's a, a balance that you have to deal with.
0: Right. And, you know, I think one thing that you kind of hit on there uh is just like knowing what you what you're getting the, your partner knowing what they're getting themselves into with yeah. somebody I think it was Adam Levitan on the show last season he kind of described it as like you're living an alternative lifestyle you know like it's not <laughs> it's not like a no what we do is not normal uh and you know whether it date whether it's dating somebody that doesn't like football or does like football you know whatever I'm I'm fine with either one but it's like it just what as long as you kind of know like know the deal you know and I think think that's an important part of of, of juggling uh which, yeah, you like, know I don't know what the hell I'm talking about.
1: No 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 I mean it's but it's no you're right. I mean it's so like I went we had to go to Christmas we do Christmas with some in law some of my in-laws family in Charlotte um the weekend before actual Christmas and it was gonna be on a Sunday and and you know I had to be there but I had to be posted up in front of the television. I'm streaming on the computer and streaming on the phone and and working and it, it's sort of awkward but everybody's okay with it and i, I don't know' it's, it's a whole it's a very it's it is very weird it's just it's just, it is an alternative lifestyle is a perfect way to describe it
0: yeah it's just not it's just not normal even though we uh even though we love it it's definitely just uh it's not quite normal but well i really appreciate your time here today this has really been a fantastic discussion um i guess i a couple things before we sign off one is like i feel like we've talked a lot about uh about very general things uh, and a little bit about you as well. But one, I guess one last thing about, about, uh, about you personally, no, well not personally, but uh, you know, as, as the the figure that you are in in sports media, I guess, if you had to point to like one thing in your career that like you would, if, if you were writing out a book of your life and you had to tell like people that wanted to kind of replicate your path or become a sports analyst, like you had to point to one that like one moment, what would that moment be to be like, Hey, pay attention to that.
1: It's a, that's a, that is a, it's not even, I mean, it's profound, but it's, it's so specific and my memory sucks so bad that I'm, I'm trying to think, um, it can be super I, I, general too. I think. No, 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 no. no. I, I can think of one. I actually remember sitting, so so just, I'll, I'll pay, so I remember sitting outside, uh, I remember sitting at you on the UNCG campus and in this old custom, you know, wonky CMS, writing some update it may have been greg jennings i don't even know what year was greg jennings drafted was he is that would that work
0: i think he was like 2006 six, two thousand. yeah that's right it's definitely greg
1: jennings i remember writing a greg jennings update some packers update and plugging it in and there's like a little news blurb about one player and i'm doing this in between classes at lunch while like you know pounding a coffee and i don't mean to i mean like it's not it's not it first of all it's not glamorous But second of all, it was I was doing something because I got kind of a rush out of cranking out these news posts. I wasn't getting paid anything. Um, And I'm doing it at a time when, you know, I should have been in school or, you know, I was I was in school, but like I could have been taking the time just to not work. And I think that that's that to me is always if somebody ever asked me what you need to do to be good or to, or not to be good, but to 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 become a sports writer, you have to you have to grind, and you have to work hard, and you have to and you and you know take. I mean, so, I mean, just kind of cliche, but I mean you, that little extra mile. Like you gotta you gotta take some of that free time you have because that's how it's gonna have to happen. You know, you're not gonna just quit your job and become a sports writer. Like they didn't, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. You have to basically take the time that you've got free and utilize that to become better at what you do or to become or to work harder at what you do and if, if you don't do that then it's probably not going to happen
0: i think that's perfect i think that is a perfect piece of advice there like free time what the hell is that even <laughs>
1: yeah and it, it's, it's way worse in 2017 because oh, it's
0: terrible your I phone
1: think- goes ding 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 left and right and you, you, can, you can't you can't just check out anymore
0: Yeah, I tell people all the time, like even when I'm not on the clock, I'm I'm on the clock, and you know you can take those random moments when you're just sitting there. It's like, well, I'll just pop open Twitter and like tweet with people, and then I have to think, like, am I actually like? It's a hard thing to be like, am I working or am I not right now? Like, what is what what am I actually doing? Where are the lines? But, uh, Will, thanks again so much for for everything that you've uh, imparted here on the podcast and taking taking the time to do this. Uh, one last thing, I always give the guests. Uh, one last shot at the floor to say, you know, whatever it is you want to say uh, before I yank it out from under you and uh, we get the hell out of here. So the floor is yours.
1: Oh, did you want me to give a random screed about something? Uh, um, you
0: get it's your you have the floor. You can say whatever. You know, oh, you want. know, you know what I'll, you know what I'll say.
1: I think, I think since this is good. This is the, this is the other thing that I tell people about when they try when they ask me how to get into sports media is like if you in 2017, if you if you really want to get in, you need to first of all don't don't just start writing about football because you think football is popular. You should write whatever you should write about what you love because you'll be a better writer about it and if i look i mean if i was if I was trying to break in today I'd go to be a golf writer because I think that there's a there's a there's a void there i really like I'm watching the master I'm, i mean I'm, I'm talking to you but I've got the masters on in the background watching it and i lo- i mean like I love golf I think it'd be a blast to write about golf. My wife would divorce me because I'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Every weekend on the, you know, on the, on the, during the summer. But I mean, to me, that's, that's what I would do. I would, I would find a sport that had a, that was popular, but that had a, maybe a, a lack of, like to to me, the NFL is so, um, you know, it's, the NFL media is just hard to crack, you know. It's yeah. a it's a saturated market, and I think you could maybe make a run at golf. Go, I mean, if you love tennis, go write about tennis. Because if you're doing something and you're passionate about it, people will recognize it. And if you're good at it, you'll get a job. And uh, you know, it, it, for as much as we say sports is, sports media is a meritocracy and sports, you know, sports are it. You know, it is true to an extent. If you're if you're passionate and work hard, you'll 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 do well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a hey, that's one of the things that we uh, always talk about on the podcast. If you see something out there that you don't think is being filled, go be the one to fill it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like
1: if and I'm not saying that the the golf writers don't do a great job. I just think that you have a the odds are stacked against you if you want to try to get into the you know into the NFL media just because of the way that it works.
0: Very true. And Hey, if you, if you start somewhere, that doesn't mean that's the end of your journey. You know, it's always, a, it, it, totally. once, once you're in, once you're in the door, it's easier to uh, move around inside the house. But Will, that's a great, that's a great uh, f- floor moment to close on. Uh, so again, I th- want to thank Will so much for for coming on the show. Um, check out all this stuff at CBS, follow him on Twitter at uh, Will Brinson. Uh, great time discussing this on episode fifty fifty two 52, again, the John Beeson episode. So for everybody out there listening, continue to uh, tune in uh, twice a week. I'm trying to get us back on the normal twice a week schedule here. We'll see how that goes. But uh, in the meantime, just continue to uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody. Steal their phones and write reviews uh, on iTunes for the show. Do whatever you can. For for me, please, people, we need you. Um, but for today, I want to thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you learned something.